Why, hello everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Orange Juice Optional. Before introducing Suzanne, the first thing I need to do is apologize because while we were off indulging in Las Vegas, we let you all down. There was no episode this past week, so sorry about that. So I'll introduce Suzanne and maybe she can <laughs> add on to that. Well, and I like what you said. You said you were yelling at your inner bitch <laughs> when you were saying we didn't, you were upset because we didn't get an episode in last week. And, and it's like, you're like, I got to control my inner bitch. And I just laughed when you said that. <laughs> and I thought this is a good topic to talk about. We can talk about our inner critic that little voice inside of us that is so hard on us. She really is very relentless. And I am, again, super sorry that we weren't here last week to record an episode. But hopefully we're back on schedule now. But yes, my inner critic is saying, I just let everyone down. <laughs> and we didn't let everyone down. We had a good excuse. The thing that kills me is I thought we were doing so well. We were kind of trying to record a couple episodes ahead. And I can't believe we went through our episodes without getting another recording in before we had to go to Vegas. <laughs> like it was such a difficult chore for us to go to Vegas. Well, it was difficult on a couple parts of my body, including my liver and my head, because every night I went to bed with a headache and woke up with a hangover. And yeah, the liver, that, that speaks to itself. But it was a lot of fun. So it happy was. to be back on track today. Yes, and it was worth it. And I feel bad, too. I'm sorry that we missed a week of new episodes, but I think it's okay. And we're back on track. And and we'll get moving. But I do want to talk about our inner critic. And I like that you referred to her as she, because I think we all have our inner critic and probably hardest on ourselves. Right. Well, I, of course, referred to her as a she because I'm a she. Mm-hmm. So I just hear my own voice. But do you hear like a male voice? Do you think it's coming to you as? <laughs> I've never thought about it as me talking to myself. Like, I don't know if I, if I personify my inner critic like you do. I just beat myself up over things. And so I've never actually given that thing a personality. And when you referred to your inner critic as she all of a sudden it has a personality. It's a different way of looking at it. So how does your inner critic come into play for you? Does it come in and just the feeling of like you did something wrong? Does it come in as a nagging voice? Like how does your inner critic appear to you? All of the above, but I'll give you the example that comes to mind today. I had my book club come in from Anchorage uh, for a visit last week. And I was so excited for them to visit. These are women I haven't seen in two years. And we are all great friends, have been for 20, 30 years. I've talked about the book club many, many times. But in my excitement, there was also that nagging sense of, I'm two years older. I have more wrinkles. I am sagging more. I've gained probably 20 pounds during COVID. 
I don't want them to see me in a bathing suit. I don't like how my thighs look. I don't like how my legs look. I wish I could lose four pounds by seven o'clock tonight. You know, that is me. That's my inner critic. And I've never, like I said, I've never thought of that as a she or a person talking to me. It's just the way my mind turns. That's very interesting. I always just assumed it was me yelling at myself (laughs) and feeling just bad about the decisions I've made. And mine is really relentless because it gets on loop. And once it starts to loop, I'm done for. There's nothing anybody else can say to make me feel any better. Well, and I agree with you. I do the same thing. It becomes a part of my being is it it's how I start thinking about myself and and but the reason I wanted to talk about it today is I had the courage to bring it up to my book club while they were visiting on several occasions actually because it was nagging at me that I was self-conscious about how my body looked I was self-conscious about my age and and there were times when it wasn't in context of the conversation, but one of the women in my book club showed me, showed me how to edit a photo, you know, any photo to get rid of laugh lines or to get rid of frown lines. And I'm like, this is life changing for me. <laughs> you know, I can alter a photo before it goes, you know, before I put it out there in the universe, I can actually get rid of frown lines with a little edit key. Who knew? Douche. Share or share later. It doesn't have to be right now. But when you were talking to them about what your critic was saying to you, did you find that a lot of them also shared some of the same insecurities? Yes, everyone has their own insecurities. That's what I was thinking. It's like everyone has their own insecurities and they may not be the same as mine, but they have an insecurity. Like I could say the cellulite on my thighs and someone would say the swelling in my ankles or someone would say the frown lines on my forehead yeah we all have it it's and we all have our insecurities and we fess up you know during my book club last week we fessed up it's like well and so it became a week it actually became a week of empowerment because we were all on the same page, all feeling the same way at different levels at different times. But I think we all we we were all there. And when you find that group or that community experience, it makes it feel better when you know that you're just not alone. And when you can start laughing at those things that you've been obsessing about. Exactly. Well, and it helps when you say it out loud to put it into perspective. My mom used to always say, and this is one of the points I made probably too many times last week, because I've always had an issue with my legs. I have heavy legs. I always have. Even when back in the day, my smallest size I ever fit into was a size six. And When I was a size six, I was self-conscious about my heavy thighs and my heavy calves. But, and my mom would always say to me, you should just be glad you have two good legs to walk on. 
And that was her way of saying, keep it in perspective, Suzanne. You know, if you're a size six, your legs aren't that heavy. They may be heavy in proportion to your body, but that's not really what's important. What's important is they work. You can walk on them. And I, I have said this a thousand times to my book club because that was always my mom's response, but very wise response to give a child. But the other point to that is, okay, it doesn't matter what size I am. My inner critic has always been critical of the shape of my thighs. Yeah, I get it. That inner critic will keep you, if you allow it, from enjoying the simplest things in life, because not only is it going to attack what you see as flaws in your physical appearance, I find it also attacks my desire to try anything new. Because if I can't do it perfectly, why should I do it at all? And that really is another version of the inner critic. And that one has kept me from many fun adventures, I'm sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I remember that as child and as a teenager and as a young adult, that same thing, that that feeling of being able, if, it, if I can't do it perfectly or if I can't do it the way I see it in my head, the way I envision it in my head, then it's not worth doing. I've kind of grown out of that somewhat, but I, I hear you. I hear what you're saying. But don't you think it's even worse now because while you're dealing with that fear of not doing it perfectly, you're constantly bombarded by society and social media showing people excelling at it or having yes. fun with it. And to look at it, you're like, I'll never be that good. I'll never do that. And mm -hmm. yeah, it's just deflating. It can be deflating. It can be really deflating. And yeah, I just find it very interesting. But I also think it's very healthy to recognize how powerful our inner critic is and how we have to, in our souls, change the dialogue change how we think about ourselves? How do we become content with what we are, what we're willing to do, how we do it? And I think having these strong support networks, you know, these great friends really helps us get there mentally. So we can quiet that, that inner voice that attacks us. Well, they can help us. But in all fairness, they can hinder us a little bit also. I'm thinking back to, well, let's take this podcast, for instance. Mm -hmm. This is something that is new to you and I. Mm -hmm. I it's a year and a half new now, but still right. new at some point. It was scary. We said that in our promo, like to put it out there, scary to do. And we've kind of managed our way through it and... Mm -hmm. It takes a lot to get up the energy and to put it out into the universe and to listen to what people are going to say. And I do know a couple of weeks ago, my husband was in Las Vegas with some friends and mind you, they're 50 year old men. And <laughs> one of the friends said, you know, we used to listen to the podcast all the time, but uh, it's not really for us. Well, 
my first response to my husband and the one I will put out into the universe verbally is they're not our target audience. So, right. Yeah. I mean, I feel bad that they're not getting anything from it, but they're not really supposed to. I, right. Really, truly. And that sounds harsh, but they're not the target audience. I mean, my husband wants to put the face of our podcast on a NASCAR <laughs> vehicle. And I've said, bless his heart. He wants to help. <laughs> I know. Bless his heart. He wants to help. But I don't think they want to listen to 50 year old women talking about what we talk about. So right. while I put that out there and you know, put it on the target audience, that still stung a little. It still was like, oh, you know, I let somebody down, which then right. made me feel like a bad person. But it doesn't make us a bad person. It does, it's not, a, it, maybe it's a reflection of us and what we're doing. But I also, I told you before we started recording, I recently had a friend who very well could have been part of our target audience, you know, similar in age, like-minded, sort of. And, you know, this isn't a close, close friend. It's just someone I know. I enjoy their company. But yeah, criticized the podcast as well and said, frankly, it's about nothing and it's pretty boring and there's no substance to it. And that was a stinger. <laughs> it was like an ouch. <laughs> it's like, okay, well, but that was, but our purpose going into this was to be two friends sitting at a table or sitting outside by a fire chatting about what we do and what we think and that's what and, we do in this podcast yeah. but it's hard to let go of that because all that criticism does for us is we internalize it and then it becomes that reel of replay like we're not good enough this isn't we're failing, but we're not. Right. To sit back and look at it logically, it's one person's opinion. And I'll say a couple of things. things. First of all, it took you a week to tell me that this <laughs> happened. And right. you told me right before we recorded the podcast, I know. which was going to be about inner critics anyway. Right. right. Totally but, unfair. Totally unfair of me. But. but there is a way to say something that can be seen as constructive criticism mm -hmm. and just plain mean like I think the words boring right about nothing they're kind of mean you could say hey you know have you ever considered maybe choosing a topic doing some research on it and then having visitors or guests come on the show to discuss the topic or explore mm -hmm. topic I mean there's a way that it could have been said and I'm not throwing your friend under the bus because I'm sure it was just general chat chat or chat chat I can't even talk <laughs> general chit chat and you know it just came out naturally and right. okay that's fine so I am really trying to let it let it go yep let but it, it does get those wheels turning as to what we can do Better. moving forward. Right. And, and I gave advice, actually, in an exit letter to an employee, a young employee I had at my store a couple of years ago. And I said, instead of, I can't remember exactly how I said it, but it was basically taking criticism and turning it into an asset. And I think I have to practice what I preach. Because she was very sensitive when she worked with me. She was very sensitive to criticism from anyone else. And even the little minute 
piece of criticism. And so when she left, I sent, I feel like I sent her a very nice note. And I said, just remember to accept that criticism and turn it into an asset. And I think that's what we have to do. We're going to accept this criticism as mean or as petty as it seems, and we're going to turn it into an asset. Doesn't mean we're going to change the format of our podcast. It doesn't mean we're going to do something we didn't intend to do, but maybe we're going to strive a little harder to make it more interesting to a broader audience. Be more mindful of topics and where we're going, I guess, is the best way to put it. Right. Absolutely. That was a stinger a little bit. It is what it is. And we... It is what it is. And my process will be, I'm going to run it through my head, beat myself Mm -hmm. up, (laughs) brainstorm, and then move on after about three days. Yeah. And here's what my mom would say. The woman who said, just be glad you have two legs to walk on. She would also say to me, pick yourself up, brush yourself off, and get on with it. And that's what I intend to do. I'm picking myself up, I'm brushing myself off, and I'm moving on. And yep, with that little piece of criticism in the back of my head turning away, but it's a good thing. We're going to turn it into an asset. And we're going to try to improve what we can about our podcast. But as I also said to you, one or two people's criticisms does not a disaster make. We're talking about two people's opinions in the last couple of weeks. And yeah, with that, it's like, well, too bad for them. Exactly. They aren't listening to know that we're talking about them right now anyway. <laughs> right. So yeah. They so, snooze, yeah, they lose, yeah, right? Yeah. So what? It's like too bad. You know, I'm going to try not to sit with this for the next three days and just at this point release it and I'm going to take my lemons and make lemonade because there is a really good school of thought and one that I try to live by all the time is I don't want to project negativity into the world. I don't want to project negative thoughts into the world, negative words into Mm -hmm. the world because there's energy behind them. And once they say they pick up, in my opinion, they pick up energy and they attract what you're not wanting right. to you. So like a perfect example is the other night, you said something about the Zags losing the game. And I said, wait, Suzanne, you don't ever say that. You say when the Zags win the game, because that's what you want to attract to your words. Exactly. And I, yeah, you did say, don't put that out there in the universe. But in my mind, it was already in the universe because it was in my thoughts. And what's the difference between thoughts and verbal? But surprisingly, not a lot. Not a lot. (laughs) And so there is energy behind thoughts too. Right. So the whole idea is to make my thought process when the eggs win, not if the Zags win, or what if the Zags lose, or, and I have another direction I want to go with this. But so that being said, again, I'm going back to our inner critic needs to be silenced. And we need to turn that inner critic into a positive form of communication in our brain. Exactly. Because it's the thing that's going to keep you down. It's going to keep you down more than her her words or his words are going to keep you down. It's what you do with the information. And if you constantly go over it and take a, 
you know, magnifying glass to it and dissect every little word and what it could mean. Yeah, you're just destined to waste a whole lot of energy on something you could be making more productive. Exactly. That's exactly right. And here's a good thing that came out of my book club being at my house last week. So I verbalized some of my inner critic thoughts about my thighs, about how I look in a bathing suit, about my age, because I have admitted that, yes, I am turning 60 this year. And I'm feeling that angst of turning 60, very much like you were feeling the angst of turning 50 last year. And this is a new phenomenon to me. I really have never been bothered by the age I'm turning. It's just something like it's, eh, this year turning 60 has hit me like a lead balloon. And so as our book club was talking about it last week, we tried to build each other up with, okay, well, let's focus on what's good about being 60, our wisdom, our history, our how we take care of ourselves, the good things we've learned in our 60 years of life. So Suzanne, I'm finding it very fascinating to me that you had this conversation with the book club about turning 60 and all the positives about it, because if your friend had listened to an earlier episode about the time I was turning 50, we discussed all that. So see, it had a direction. It had a purpose. Correct. Correct. You are 100% correct. But that being said, my resolution for my 60th year, not my New Year's resolution, my 60th year resolution is that I embrace being 60 and I make being 60 fun and I'm going to force my inner critic to shut up and leave me alone. And I'm going to embrace how I look. I'm going to love how I look. And and if it costs me a lot of money, then so be it. Which was my next point that I was going to make when we were in Las Vegas. I think I pointed that out to you that I may need to spend a lot of, a, a lot of money to shut my inner critic up so that I look fabulous. And you did say that and you completely embraced it while in Vegas. <laughs> and I love that for you. You knew what you wanted. You weren't going to settle for anything less. I didn't know it was to quiet your critic, but I get it now. Right. But that's exactly what my goal is. It's I'm going to qu quiet my inner critic. I'm going to shut her up and I'm going to only think positive things about myself and only think good things about myself and good things about turning 60. And I'm going to embrace it. I think you should. And did you hear what you just did there? No. <laughs> you referred to your inner critic as her. Right. So see, maybe she has more of a personality and a persona than you thought. Exactly. Exactly. Well, I think it helped that you referred to her as a she to begin with, because it's the first time I actually gave my inner critic a personality. Fair enough. Yeah. Well, I think you are on a very positive track for turning 60. I think you know what you need to look at 
act and how you can quiet your inner voice and just embrace that. Embrace that you have love in your life. Embrace that you have friends in your life. Embrace that you have resources in your life and that there's still adventure to be had. Well, I think that's the most important part is, yeah, there's there's a lot of life ahead of me. I think, though, as you get older, you kind of realize that you're running out of time. Okay, so that's my inner critic talking, and I got to quiet that. I've got to silence that. I've got a lot of life ahead of me to enjoy. Yeah, my inner critic beats me up about that too, like running out of time. So yeah, that's one we can work on together. Yes, we can. Well, I think, is there anything else you want to share about an inner critic? Are we ready to wrap up or where are we at there? Well, I think, (laughs) how much can I beat my inner critic up? (laughs) We've been at this now for a half an hour talking about our inner critic and dissecting what that means to us. And I think we've come to some great resolutions about how we're going to change it. So yeah, I I think we've said what we need to say. Is there anything you want to add to it? No, I just think with all that shared, (laughs) I'm going to try to release some thoughts. It might take a little bit of champagne with no orange juice, but I'm going to try to release that and find a productive way to turn a little criticism um, into the, incorporate yeah. that. Yep. Let's turn a little criticism into an asset. Yeah, definitely. And so maybe in the next couple of weeks, our listeners will be hearing a slightly different format, but I don't know what that is yet. So I guess all I can say is cheers. Cheers. Cheers.